life without astrology and business without astrology is like plucking my eyebrows without a mirror. I could do it, but it helps me see what's actually going on. Welcome to Sacred Work, a podcast here to guide you through the inner work that allows you to share your light and do sacred work in the world. I am your host, Taylor Ray, manifestation coach and spiritual business mentor. And here we talk all things manifestation, abundance, impact, stepping into your purpose and creating the reality your soul came here for. It is my true desire to empower you to awaken to who you really are so you can quantum shift your life and business. You're here in Divine Timing Beauty. Let's dive in. Hi, beautiful angels. Welcome back to Sacred Work. Do I have a good interview for you today? I'm excited for you to dive into this one. Honestly, this interview is pure magic. I am sitting down with Aisha Durrani, who goes by Oath Oracle on Instagram. And if you have had the pleasure of following her or engaging in her work over there, you will know that she is such a powerful, powerful astrologer and business oracle, someone who serves new earth leaders to create overflowing prosperity with their soul gifts. I love her. I've been following her for a really long time and it was such an honor to get her on the show today, to be able to bring her wisdom and her divine guidance and everything that she shares around birth charts and astrology and creating wealth and truly just such a new paradigm of business. And I absolutely love how she showed up and shared that on this interview, like she does on her own platforms online. And like I said, there is just a whole new way of looking at things that we really dive into on this episode. We are both Aquarius queens. We both have our son in Aquarius. And how powerful is that? We just bring such a beautiful conversation that really touches on so many different things. And what Aisha really teaches is that when we do business in alignment with our energetic blueprint, we become attuned to the rhythm of nature and the cosmos. And she believes that this empowers all areas of life and allows us to quantum leap into powerful levels of fulfillment, wealth, and purpose. And that's really what we speak about today. We talk about astrology. We talk about the interpretation of your birth chart. We dive into my chart, which was so fun and gave me so much beautiful insight. It was really confirming for me of so many different aspects of my personality and of who I really am and things that, you know, I've really dived into and done a lot of work around, especially over the last year. And you will know that if you've been listening for a long time, but we dive into a lot like things I didn't even know about birth charts. She really gives so much beautiful insight there. We talk about dark feminine energy. We talk about your blueprint. We talk about soul actualization. I love what we also talk about in terms of how you can really apply this in business. So, you know, what different things within your birth chart really mean in terms of branding, in terms of offers and how you can be putting them out there in terms of how people like to pay you. Lots of different things there, marketing, content creation, all of that in the way that Aisha teaches can really be defined based on your chart. And so if you are someone that, you know, doesn't necessarily feel like, oh, you fit into a particular 
box or you know you've tried lots of different things and nothing sort of feels like it's sticking I feel like this episode is going to be for you where you can really figure out what is in alignment for you based on your chart and then integrate strategies from there strategies that are going to help you to grow both your impact and your income and again it all just comes from really understanding your chart and I just love how Aisha breaks that down for us. So I'm not going to go on anymore. I'm just excited for you to dive into this. I'm sure you will feel the energy of this conversation and how exciting I just truly found the whole thing. It was such a fun conversation. I'm so grateful for Aisha coming on and sharing with us in this episode. And as you are listening, please let us know your thoughts, take screenshots of your favorite parts and share them with us over on social media. I am at this is Tayray and you can find Aisha at oath.oracle as well. So we're excited to hear your thoughts. I'm looking forward to sharing all of this with you. Now let's dive in. Welcome back, gorgeous souls. I'm so excited to be here with you for another episode. And look, it's always my favorite time when we sit down with such a sacred guest here on Sacred Work. And that is what we are doing today. We are welcoming the beautiful Aisha Durrani, also known as Oath Oracle, to the show. And my goodness, strap in. There is going to be a lot of magic shared today. And I'm so excited to have you. So thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me into your incredible podcast. It's such an honor to be here and I'm so excited to dive in with you. Thank you, beauty. No, it's going to be a good time. And like I was saying to you, just before we hit record, I have followed you on Instagram for a long time. I've listened to interviews that you've done. I think I might have, I can't remember if I came across you on Insta first or listened to your episode with Manifestation Babe. Love it. Love your vibe. Love everything that you do. I truly believe that the work you're doing is so powerful and so needed and just helping so many people. So yeah, I'm really honored to bring that light to the podcast today and to just dive into all the things. And, you know, I was having a little look, doing my due diligence, you know, jumping around, having a look on your website and things like that. I love that we've got some beautiful similarities. So you are an Aquarius sun, moon in Pisces, Leo rising. I'm an Aquarius sun as well. So I feel like that's where some of our magic is coming from. <laughs> yes, babe. I see that now. I see that. Just the originality, the innovation, fresh energy. Yes. So good. I'm also an Enneagram 4 like you, which I thought I was a 3 for a really long time. And it's common for 4s to mistype. So that was surprising. Found that out in the last year. So I love that we're the same there. And you're a one, three emotional projector. I'm a reflector. Uh, I love projectors. My mums are projectors. So I love reflectors so much. There's a sweetness to the energy of reflectors that I love and appreciate so much. Thank you. I, I feel the same about projectors, I think, because my mum's a projector. Being a reflector, I think growing up, I took on a lot of that energy from her. And so a lot of different things that I've had to sort of relearn, but also love, love the energy of projectors. So yeah, so beautiful. I love it. I want to dive in and really talk about, you know, your journey. So you sort of said that, you know, astrology has been something that has saved your life and it's helped you to fully step into your purpose. So can you tell us a little bit about what that journey has been like? 
Absolutely. So my childhood experiences had a lot of challenges. I grew up in a rocky type of very unstable environment with a lot of moving, a lot of uprooting new school in the middle of the year and a lot of passed down trauma and unhealed trauma in my immediate environment. And that I was, you know, as a Pisces moon, I'm a very sensitive person as a projector. I have a certain openness in certain centers and I could right away feel that there was a lot of kind of pain flying around in my in my childhood. And it had a um, pretty hard times in childhood in the early teen years. And when I first discovered astrology, it was through one article on being an Aquarius sun sign as you, you are as well. And the article is from astrology-online.com. It's like one of the most OG, like really kind of classic old school astrology websites. And I read, I felt so alone. I felt so neglected, abandoned. Like I felt abandoned by life. I felt like just life made no sense. And it just kind of felt like senseless pain, basically. And I really didn't feel like the world was a nice place. And I didn't feel like I was safe. And I felt like no one saw me. And this is also, you know, for the projectors out there, like you guys know what it means to be someone who, yeah, isn't always seen by others. And the more we try to be seen, the less we are seen, right? (laughs) Especially as projectors. So I felt very unseen and invisible. And all of a sudden, I'm reading this article. And it was just, it was like this article knew me better than anyone I'd ever met in my life. I felt like I was being seen, but it was just an article on the, I was alone looking at a computer screen. And it's funny because now I have an online business and I'm, and I'm connecting with people through computer screens, sometimes for us Aquariuses, because we're a sign of technology, internet, innovation, future progress, and we're the black sheep of the Zodiac. Sometimes we actually do find it easier to express online and express our true energy online with that little bit of distance in Mm. a way. So I really felt that. And from that point on, so I'm now 33. This was when I was 14. So it's been 19 years since this happened. And throughout my life, a lot of ups and downs, dropping out of school, struggling with addiction, really uh, hard lessons in toxic relationship cycles was a really big place of learning for me. And through it all, I didn't have a lot of support. I wasn't at that time working with coaches or therapists, and I didn't have the support of my family and often found it really hard to make friends. So I spent a lot of time studying astrology alone in my room and man, am I so grateful for those times because without that, I truly have no idea where I would be because it gave me the perspective on what is going on for me in this incarnation. I could see how the the struggles I was going through were literally written on the map of my soul. So that showed me that there was a reason for me going through them. And the reason was who I was meant to become through working through the challenges and and actually growing through those. And it really stopped me from that question that used to repeat in my head was, what did I do to deserve this? What's wrong with me? And it really just shattered that for me because it's just astrology is like a mirror. So something I like to say is that life without astrology and business without astrology is like plucking my eyebrows without a mirror. I could do it, but it it helps me see what's actually going on. So I got to see what was actually going on from a really early time when I didn't have other support. Then when I started bringing in other support and doing things like mentorship and coaching and courses, then astrology was almost like permanently installed in my eyes. Like I could only see, I was filtering out business strategies through the lens of astrology, filtering out what advice I will take and what advice I will not take through the lens of astrology. And then that really helped me have kind of a, I think people that have seen my journey and seen my ascension think it was really fast. That's because you don't see that 17 years before where I was doing this really hard, deep work by myself, feeling really alone, but I felt alone, but i also knew the universe was there. A plan was playing out. There was a sacred geometry to like my experiences. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really how it did save my life. 
Oh, I chills through that whole thing. And it's so powerful. And it, it so fully shows up in the way that you show up. You know, you can see that beautiful integration. And like you said, it's the work prior to even showing up that allows it all to be possible. And yeah, it's one of my favorite things about the way that you do show up is like you said, you look at things through the lens of astrology with everything. And I would really love for you to speak to that for our listeners, for those who have businesses or are looking to start businesses. Like, as you said, you integrate business strategy with astrology. And I would love for you to give us some examples, if you can, of like how you actually do that. Mm, Yes, this is like my favorite topic and I can talk about it for like 20 straight days. And the basic premise that's underneath it is that the greatest timeline of success that each of us as individuals is capable of will be about directly connected to being more and more of ourselves and really being in our authentic power, exploring the medicine we are here to give and creating what we are here to create or what is, I like to think of it as what is ours to create. And when we come into the world of online business, I'm also speaking for myself, I can only speak for myself and experiences with my clients, but oftentimes we come into online business and we see what other people are doing. We see that someone else has an eight week course. We see that someone else does free masterclasses or has a Facebook group. We see that people do sales calls and we'll sign up for something. We've put the person who is leading that container, like a business group coaching course, for example. And we often listen to what they say and think, oh, this is the way it is, but Of course, we know, I'm sure every one of your listeners knows what works for one person is not necessarily going to work for another person. So in a world right now where we have such a wild abundance of information, there's no shortage of information. There's an ocean of strategies to the point that it's actually overwhelming thinking of all the things that we quote unquote should be doing or witnessing what other people are doing. But then of course we see people who really stand out in different industries are doing things differently than other people. So it's the people who have really self-actualized basically, or really like you see their commitment to that path of self-actualization, whether that's an end destination or not. Those are the people that really create standouts success. So I believe that when we are in regurgitated strategy mode, we can attain only mediocre success. It can create success because that's things which are tried and true is why people teach them, right? But if they don't have an understanding of all the different blueprints that exist, the different types of energy mechanics that exist with human design and the different parts of our astrology, then It's just another option or a tool, but the way that it's often taught is this is the way or the way that it's taken by students is, okay, this is the way I'm supposed to do this because this is what other people are doing. So when we have astrology, I see it as people feel like it's a box. I feel like it's a filter. So it filters out the things where I can just, I can do a course and I can see, okay, this thing that this person says is just simply not for me. It just bounces off. Or maybe I'll try it. And if it doesn't work, I'll just be like, oh, that works for that person because of their blueprint. And it really helped me to select for myself my my first business client was myself. So this really helped me to wade through the ocean of information and already know kind of what was going to work for me, even though I didn't, I dropped out of high school at age 15 and I didn't have any type of business background, but that created a lot of success and I'm a projector. So what happened was I started to be invited by people who got readings to be like, Hey, can I get more sessions with you? Can you help me with my business? Do you have a coaching package? And that's how I came into business coaching. And it really helped me to be laser focused and understand that I can know 
strategies and I can know who to apply them to and who it will actually be really successful for while simultaneously knowing I'm not going to spend my time trying that because I already know it's not aligned for my blueprint. So that's just kind of the underlying premise of it. And we can also get into like how people can work with certain things in their charts if you want. Yeah, that's definitely where I want to go. This is so exciting to me. I love it so much. You know, what you were speaking to before, it's so powerful, you know, the information overload. It's kind of like you used to live in an information economy. Now it's an attention economy where like mm-hmm. as a business person, you know, you're out there trying to, you're competing for attention more than, you know, putting information out there. You know, what you said there around like just kind of looking at what everyone else is doing. And as you said, we see success in a myriad of different ways. Like there's mm-hmm. so many different people who are putting forward their version of how they've attained success. And so we as the person consuming can be like, oh my God, like there's like 17 different ways that this success, like maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Whereas I love what you're saying is like, wait, use the astrology as the filter, find who you are first and foremost, and then Mm -hmm. integrate the pieces of the strategy that are most in alignment for you and the way that you desire to show up and share in the world. And that is honestly a really beautiful way of looking at things instead of feeling overwhelmed, like seeing it as being very empowering and you get to take the pieces that fit to you. And that's going to be, you know, the expander for you more than anything. So let's dive in, in terms of, you know, this blueprint that you're talking about, understanding a birth chart. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is like understanding like the houses or the different placements, which ones maybe we should be paying attention to for business. I did actually pull up my birth chart prior to this. I don't know if showing you this is like worthwhile or not, but I'm going to pop it on have a look. I have like so much in my eighth house. Like I'm so Mm. eighth house dominant, but yeah, you talk to whatever you want. If there's something in here that you're like, Tay, you really need to know this. My God, please let me know. But if you want to like broadly talk to it in terms of, you know, for everyone and houses and all that sort of stuff, like I'll let you lead with flow. (laughs) Yes. I love this so much. Yeah. These are my tea leaves, right? Like looking at a round chart is what I do all day long. Every day. I look (laughs) at my own chart every single day. So first of all, just to give people some like things that they can start with in terms of like, they're looking at their chart and just to also go back to that question of what is relevant for business. (laughs) Anytime I'm asked a question about like, what's the one thing or what's what (laughs) matters and what doesn't to me, it, all matters. So I am such a detailed person. And this isn't to put a load of work on anyone in your audience. Like you need to be a 20 year astrologer to be able to work with this. You don't. But my whole premise of all my offerings and all my work with astrology is that it is a map to our soul and our soul actualization is connected to our business. So yes, there are certain things which are directly connected to money. And yes, there are certain codes that I personally tap into for branding. And I'm about to share those with you as well, but it's holistic, right? There's a integral wholeness to the entire chart. And even the things that don't seem obviously related to money, like karmic things, they are connected to you doing your soul medicine. I know your listeners are here doing their soul medicine. So when it comes to like what matters to me, it's all of it, but that also doesn't mean we have to like think we need to fully, fully understand it all. Cause like I said, I look at my chart every single day and I'm still learning new things from it. So I see it as an instruction manual where the different planets have a different archetype. So for example, if Venus is the planet of love, beauty, art, and money, the placement of Venus is going to tell you information about how you are the most magnetic and how you attract money and 
also your own natural beauty style as well, which can inspire branding. Where we have our Venus is something people love to pay us for. Okay. So this is where, you know, I have Venus in my house of one-on-one client work, which is the seventh house. And people just love to get one-on-one work with me and get readings with me. And that's a place where my beauty also expresses in a special way. It has a special expression in that way. However, there's other things that might not seem so connected to business, but I still, to me, I like details and I like the richness of how much we can know. So this isn't to overwhelm anyone with needing to like be fluent in all of this, but things like understanding our Saturn, that is a planet of responsibility and structure, as well as obstacles we're meant to overcome. Entrepreneurship has a lot of obstacles. Yes. The way is not just a straight line with no obstacles. So understanding our karmic obstacles are going to help us overcome those obstacles much faster without thinking that something wrong has happened, um, without jumping to conclusions or story about what it means. It's like, oh, this is my Saturn right here. Yes. Yes. Seriously. So good. I love your approach being like holistic and not just being like, oh, this one thing is going to like define success for you. It's like, wait, look at all the different things going on. Even what you said there, even like with Saturn, like I went through my Saturn return, which my listeners know last year, and it was so powerful. And just exactly what you said, what needs to be integrated, what obstacles, what lessons Mm -hmm. need to be learned, like all of that. Honestly, it was like such a transformative year for me. And you know, that one little piece that for me was so defining as to where I am right now. And it's like, oh my gosh, just that one thing. Imagine for those listening, like if you can start to understand all the different placements and all the different things going on in your chart, how empowering that is going to be for you. And I love what you're saying there around like branding or like understanding what people want to pay you for. Like, and I think that's really powerful too, because like you said before, it can be really easy to fall into like, oh, well, everyone's kind of doing it this way. So I should do it that way. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we can feel that internal resistance as well, but not know to trust it because they're like, oh, well, we're seeing success modeled, you know, by these people in this way. Whereas if you can start to understand, you know, oh, wait, this is going to make it really easy for people to want to pay me. If I can step into this, that's probably going to feel the best for you anyway. So yeah, I just love that so much. When you look at my chart, is there anything there that like stands out? Is there anything that you're like, oh, I really just want to like make sure that she knows this? Oh, yeah. So one thing that I must say, I have a lot of things to say about your chart, but one thing I must say is that I believe this is not everyone's opinion, but I believe you're still in your Saturn return until Saturn leaves Aquarius in March, 2023. So I don't mean that to scare you. Your Saturn was more exact on your Saturn when you said last year, but in my experience with my own return and with clients, the day that Saturn leaves Aquarius will truly be the end of your Saturn return. And for anyone in going through a Saturn return, and even just Saturn is present in our chart all our lives. It's just that the Saturn return is a specific rite of passage, but that Saturnian Saturnian or Saturnine energy has a certain frequency. And when we start recognizing that frequency, man, we can bust through our lessons. Like it's not to avoid the lessons. It's to actually just go through them and learn and integrate faster. So that's Mm -hmm. one thing I, I must say. Then with the eighth house placement. So it's so funny. I'm an eighth houser as well. We're called eighth housers, by the way. It's like a club because people that don't have eighth house placements will not understand the way that we experience life. And same with people, for example, with 12th house placements, the eighth house is the house of mystery, death, rebirth, transformation, crisis, forced evolution through crisis, inheritance. So it's literally, you know how there's that saying, the only thing that's guaranteed in life is death and taxes. Mm. Well, the eighth house is the house of death, taxes, and sex. Sex is also guaranteed in life because we came from sex, even if we don't Mm. end up having sex for some reason. 
person. So when you have so many of your placements in the eighth house, you are literally here to be a force of transformation. And when many of them are in the sign of Capricorn, doing transformational business is just extremely, extremely aligned and on point for you. Like it is very, very also because your Venus is here as well. So what people love to pay you for is business stuff, Mm -hmm. transformation stuff, cutting to the depth of the true psychological blocks. It's a very down to the depths, whatever's going on down to the depths. And so cool as a reflector, because you're also here to reflect back what is out of alignment in the collective and with any type of client work or people that you're supporting. And all of those things, it's very business. So the eighth house is actually a house of money and business. Mm. The opposite side of the eighth house. So to understand anything, by the way, we can learn from its opposite. And that helps us understand what we're looking at more. So there's two money houses in astrology. And for people who um, houses are a more advanced topic. So if you're listening to this, by the way, and you don't understand some of the things I'm referencing, I just really want to say to not be discouraged and to just, I have a free astrology guide and I'm sure the link can be in the show notes or something. It has everything broken down. So if you're like, okay, what was she talking about? There's just kind of this quick guide that I created to help us learn that. So the eighth house where you have this beautiful stellium and so much of who you are, the personal placements, which really form your personality, most of them are in Capricorn and Aquarius. Mm. So that's most of the personal placements. And by personal, I mean the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, and Mars. These are the planets that really form our personality. Whereas the outer planets like Pluto and Neptune, these are transpersonal, they're generational planets that have like a greater collective ripple. The personal planets are the ones that really shape your personality. The eighth house is the house of circulation of money. So investment, debt, inheritance, taxes, energetic exchange. And it's also the house of sex, as I mentioned, right? So when you put an offer out, people are choosing to intercourse with that offer through Mm. an energetic exchange of money. The opposite of the eighth house is the second house. That is more commonly known as the house of money because the second house rules our possessions, our money, our stack, our savings account, our assets, you know, the things we have. Whereas the eighth house is like, okay, I have this business account or my corporation's account and here's all this money. It's always flowing. Okay. Big payment comes out. Okay. Pay my team. Okay. Some more money came in. It's like, it's very liquid. Mm. And when we pay ourselves and put that in our savings account, it becomes a second house money. If that makes sense. That makes sense. And then you have your placements that are in the eighth house are in Capricorn as well. And Capricorn is literally legacy, ambition, authority, structure, discipline. I do get a bit of a BDSM vibe from this. I'm not going to lie because you have Mars here, which is the the warrior archetype (laughs) and you have your Venus here as well. So, you know, there's a daddy type energy that I see playing out on this chart. Yeah, Um, I'm not going to project that onto you as a person, but I do see that on the chart. And it makes a lot of sense to be in business because it's ambition and its goals, but it's also the transformation to the person we need to be to have those desires and to have that legacy and ambition. So that Mm. is really, it's a huge part of your blueprint. Mm. How does that that. resonate for you? (laughs) So deeply, like everything else, like, yep, yep, yep. Like, you know how you read that article when you're 14? This is Mm. me with you. Like, wow, she knows me better than I know myself. I love it. Oh my God. The BDSM energy. I'm like, "Mm -hmm, definitely. I feel like if my partner James was here, he'd be like, nailed it. Yes, I love it. Especially with Venus there, because Venus is beauty. It's what people want to pay you for. It's when it's where your beauty is really showing. So you are here to go right into the depths of things. And with your moon being in the eighth house as well, by the way, I'm also an eighth house moon. This is Mm -hmm. one of the most psychic placements that exists in 
the possibilities of astrology and it's grounded in the sign of Capricorn for you. So that helps to kind of have a sober, clear view of your psychic insights. And you, you are basically, this is wiring of a business psychic. And then, you know, Venus in Capricorn, that alone is a very money placement because Capricorn's the goal getter. Capricorn's ambitious. Capricorn wants to be the top of the mountain. Venus is love, beauty, art, and money. And it attracts that into its life. And then in the eighth house, that's literally the house of business as well as sex and transformation. So Mm -hmm. someone can be making a lot of money in any of those fields, (laughs) including sex work. If this was a person who was a sex worker, this chart would be like very supportive of them doing that in a very empowered way. Oh, I love this. I don't know. I feel like I could talk to you about this forever. And I'm so grateful for the time that we get to spend here on the podcast. And as selfish as I could be and just be like, let's just keep doing my chart, which I would love (laughs) at another time. Thank you so much for that insight. And, you know, everything that you're saying there just resonates so deeply with me and like the way that, you know, it's taken me a while to figure it out, to be honest. And I think as well, like the reflector side of me, you got very confused for a long time Mm -hmm. thinking that like, you know, everything that I was taking in from everyone else, that's what I needed to be. But, you know, over the last couple of years and really diving into a lot of this sort of work and unpacking who I truly am. Mm everything that you've said just resonates on such a deep level, which I adore. So thank you for that. There was one thing that I wanted to ask about, which I actually know absolutely nothing about. And that was Lilith and like the North and South nodes in astrology. I know that you speak to this so much. I know nothing. So I don't even really know like what to ask with this, but if there was things about the North South nodes and Lilith that you would like us to know, what are they? (laughs) How do they integrate? So those are some of my biggest obsessions. I actually have paid master classes on both of those topics because it's actually like a deep obsession of mine. So basically Lilith really reflects a lot of the eighth house things we were talking about. So Lilith is an archetype of dark feminine energy. So there's actually different expressions of Lilith and they can be talking about the rage of unspoken desires. Uh, Lilith has a mythology in which she was actually exiled from the Garden of Eden. So Lilith was actually, in mythology, the first wife of Adam, and she refused to submit to Adam. You know how in Game of Thrones, Daenerys like, <laughs> like mounts Khal Drogo? So it's kind of like Lilith tried to have a moment like that, and it was like, yeah. no, this is not allowed. You can't. You don't have a voice. You don't have a choice. And she chose rather than to submit to Adam to leave the Garden of Eden. And then the mythology of Lilith really transforms and it becomes that she's known as a demon. Um, she's talked about as this demon and this really like evil kind of character, but really she was a feminist who believed in not submitting when she wasn't consenting. And our Lilith in our chart can tell us where we may have repressed desires, where we may have repressed truth, where we may have parts of ourselves which we have disowned. So mm. for example, to bring it to that Capricorn placement, if someone had Lilith in Capricorn, they could be someone who is very triggered by someone who's in the strong Capricorn energy of like success, wealth, notoriety. But meanwhile, that person has a secret desire to have exactly that. And they are meant to have that, but the desire may feel taboo for some reason. So that's, that's Lilith. It's a, I could, obviously there's a lot more to it, but it's a great place to understand our triggers and a great place to come into wholeness with parts of ourselves we may have rejected. 
Love that. The nodes are possibly, I don't know if I can say they're my biggest obsession, but <laughs> the nodes are a really, really, really big deal. So it's the south node of past life karma. And the opposite of that is the north node of future destiny. They're always opposite each other in your birth chart. So if your north node is in Capricorn, then your south node is in Cancer and so on and so forth. It's, they're always opposite. The south node tells us past life experiences that have imprinted on us from could be many past lives living this type of character and living this type of role. And our North Node tells us who we came here to become. The South Node can let us know what are these knee-jerk reactions and roles we tend to fall into. So we'll use the example of, maybe I'll switch because I already used Capricorn as an example, but let's say someone's South Node is Pisces and their North Node is Virgo. In past lives, they might have really embodied that Piscean archetype again and again and again to the point that there's no more growth for them. And they may have even gone down to like the dark side of Pisces of like addiction, avoidance, escapism, and procrastination that will be a default for them as when they incarnate. So they might think that's who they are, but really we are all so multidimensional and we have this other archetype within us that's wanting to be developed and wanting to be cultivated. And for that person, it would be Virgo. So tackling their daily tasks, creating organization, routines, rituals, and systems for themselves. It might feel foreign to them at first because it's out of their comfort zone, but that's the greatest place of growth. So our North Node is literally destiny. It's literally the path of quantum leaping, manifestation, because we're doing what our soul and life wants us to actually do and going in that direction mm -hmm. rather than sticking with what is comfortable for us. So often when people are not getting the results that they desire or not doing what they know on some level they should be doing, we can look to the South Node of Past Life Karma for these imprints of accumulated from many lifetimes. We can look at Chiron, the wounded healer archetype, which is also talking about an unhealed karmic wound from a past life that might prevent us from doing what we really want to do, as well as Saturn and Pluto. Saturn is obstacles to overcome. And Pluto is this place where we're meant to have a death and rebirth. Mm -hmm. And so those are some of the heavy hitter places that we can look at when we're like, why am I not doing this? Or I know this is what I'm supposed to do, but I'm holding myself back. We can find yeah. a lot of richness and answers from these darker places in the chart. Thank you so much for that. And I can say from my own experience over the last few years, like diving into this and understanding it more, and I go in waves, like I go in and out and I have naturally quite a masculine energy. And, you know, I do tend to, hence, you know, business coach, strategy systems, automations, like I tend to sway more in that direction. But when I find that I'm having some sort of block or some sort of resistance or whatever, it's always so interesting to me how it unpacks something to do with astrology. And I love it. And I love it so much. Like understanding different things, like what you said, the different placements, the different things happening in your chart, even, you know, kind of what's going on. And again, I'm no expert on this, but follow a few different accounts, yours being one of them. And just, it's amazing to me, things going on with the planets and everything like that. And how you can be like, oh my gosh, like that explains so, so much. So one question that I have is with your chart versus what's kind of currently going on, people always talk about like, you know, new moon in Pisces or all these sorts of things. Like how do those two things correlate? I love this question so much. So our chart is our chart and it will always be our chart. There is something called progressions. That's a whole nother conversation, but our <laughs> chart is our chart transits, which are what is happening in the sky right now are constantly happening mm -hmm. and they are activating us in different ways. So this is something I love to work with in my own life. This is something I love to work with in my clients and I teach it in, in groups and I do it with my one-on-one -on -one clients as well, which is yes, a new moon in Pisces is a new moon in Pisces, but what house does it activate for you? 
Mm. When you have a new moon on your Venus, for example, it's like it has a different meaning for you than other people. So when it comes to astrology and how deep we want to dive in, there is no end to the depth of it. Sometimes people can get discouraged because it's like, oh, it just feels like so much. And so I really invite us to follow our desire and be like, oh, this is fun to add this on rather than feel like oh, I need to be paying attention to this and this yeah. and this. But basically transits are constantly happening. We're always being activated every day in different ways by different things. And they're always in motion. So to me, that's exciting. And to me, it brings a lot of inspiration in terms of astrological timing in my business, obviously, and working with one-on-one clients to do that as well. I teach how to do this in my program, Cosmic Success Codes. And some really easy ways of working with it is if you are familiar somewhat with looking at your round chart, which I like to generate them on astro.com, which is, it's just the best and most accurate one. And a great way to start working with it is notice where the sun is. So the sun spends 30 days in a sign and 30 days in a house as well. So that's a really, really easy one to track. So you can be like, okay, so if the sun is in your eighth house, that means a big solar spotlight of energy because the sun is the light of consciousness itself. So when that's in your eighth house, it's like, okay, so death, joint finances, business, alchemy, psychological blocks is coming up. It could be a little bit of a challenging time in a way, but we're eighth housers. We live for that, those times in a way, right? Um, Where it's like, okay, like I'm in the middle of a huge rebirth right now. Then after that, after the sun is in your eighth house, because it moves in sequential order and you have a whole month to like figure out where the sun is in your chart, right? So it's not like it's going to move tomorrow and and you're going to have missed it. So it's nice to work with the sun as a starting point because it's a light of consciousness, right? So you know that house for that month is getting a huge burst of energy, it's getting illuminated and energized and it won't happen again until next year. Right. So it's like, you might as well see that as the opportunity that it is after the sun is in your eighth house, it goes into your ninth house, which I, uh, your chart's no longer on the screen, but it's Pisces season now. So it's actually going to be in your 10th house. So after the eighth house, which is like death and rebirth, then the sun is in your ninth house and that's expansion and learning and teaching. So we've gone through death and rebirth and it's like, okay, I'm feeling, I'm feeling energized again. Like I'm ready to speak on this. I'm ready to teach on this. Like, or maybe I'm ready to hire a new mentor because I feel like expanding. And I once again, feel optimistic because the ninth house is very optimistic. Then the 10th house is the house of fame, success, life, work, and recognition, right? So this is a great one. So another cool thing about transits is, for example... Taylor, you have very concentrated placements in your chart and there are a lot of empty houses. Everyone has empty houses and there's nothing wrong with empty houses whatsoever. That house is still activated throughout the year by transit planets. So mm. when we know that that's happening, it's like, ooh, this is a good time to for you to do some podcast, to be a guest. This is a good time for you to be featured by things. This is a good time for you to express yourself as the authority that you are and expand your audience and show people that you know what the fuck is up kind of thing because it's yeah. this boss energy. So when we know the sun is offering us this beautiful opportunity, right? So there's times when it's really great to do a photo shoot. There's times when it's really great to build your email list. There's times when it's really great to be selling stuff. And I'm not saying that you can't do those activities all year long, but if you know that there's a special cosmic opportunity, we might as well use that opportunity. Yes, That's how I work with it. So I don't confine myself like, oh, I feel like launching this thing. Oh, well, the sun's not in my 10th house. Like I don't do that. If I feel like launching something, I will launch it when I want to. And I will look for the 
opportunities that are present in the transits for that time. So I hope that that clarifies because sometimes people yes. can get a little bit deterministic when they start learning about astrology of like, oh, I missed the sun in my 10th house transit or like this. And just like, you know, forget the FOMO. There's always an opportunity every day. And like my last program that I ran live, I launched it and I ran it during Mercury retrograde. And mm -hmm. so it's like, I knew that that was happening. I was willing to accept the risks of maybe some technical difficulties, which none of them even happened. And I just found the opportunities that were present because I wanted to do the course before holiday season started last year. And, and that was just when it was. So it's always about empowerment and it's never about you missed out. Mm. You didn't do it right. Like it's just, let's just forget all that and just find the empowerment and the opportunity. Mm, thank you for saying that. I don't think enough people say that. And yes, I think that that is paramount that people hear that use it as an empowering tool rather than something that you know creates FOMO or limits you in terms of how you can show yes. up and do I want to move on to another question but before we do I forgot to ask you where are my north and south nodes I want to know my past life and my they're not indicated on this chart so we're that's <laughs> oh. why I recommend astro.com it's a really okay. really good place to generate your chart this this website that you're using just doesn't acknowledge the okay. nodes that makes me not like it <laughs> oh fair enough oh, I should have checked with you beforehand okay I'm gonna find that out and do a little research myself I might come to you later on and <laughs> we can pick up where we left off but that is so exciting to me Oh, so good. Okay. Something you talk about a lot is soul wealth and wealth energetics. Can you explain to us what that is and how someone can leverage it to create soul wealth or to welcome more wealth into their life? Mm, absolutely. So to me, soul wealth is the name of my signature astrology reading, which is a reading, but it's also a business intensive because like yourself, I have a lot of Capricorn placements and I'm very strategic as well. So by the way, just total tangent, I feel like astrology is a very masculine energetic because it's taking the chaotic cosmos and it's like categorizing it in ways like this is this. And I resonate with that because my Mercury is in Capricorn. So Soul wealth to me is that a feeling of wealth that begins inside of ourself, that begins inside of our body, that begins inside of ourselves. And it's something that we cultivate by holding more and more of our authentic power and expressing that and developing ourselves in a balanced way. So when we come into life, we tend to have certain selves that either through past life memory, parental conditioning, media, education, yada, yada, certain selves are more developed. So for example, a lot of women's healer self or giver self is very, very developed or lover self or girlfriend self or princess self. Or for some of us, it was more of my king self was really well developed. And mm -hmm. I feel that soul richness comes from developing the different aspects of ourselves and the way that we can understand those aspects or a way that we can understand them is by understanding them in our astrology chart, right? So we have a warrior, it's our Mars. We have a lover and an artist, that's our Venus. We have this Lord of the underworld transformation archetype. That is our Pluto. We have Mercury, which is our messenger archetype. That's another thing we can tap into for branding because Mercury is the way we communicate and perceive the world. And since we have already established the premise of by being more of our authentic selves, we make a bigger impact. And we also, that's our highest success timeline is only accessed by being ourselves. So getting inspiration from our Mercury can help us actually with branding and, and what we're communicating. So to me, soul wealth is, if we look at it from an astrology view, it's the different parts of our chart expressing to their health 
healthiest potential. So there's no bad placements. The placement is almost a prescription on how to treat or express that aspect of yourself, if that makes sense. So it's, it's a manual slash map navigation system. There's no bad placement. So even if you have a placement that's referred to as in detriment, or there's a harsh aspect or something like that, that's just actually giving you more information on the complexities of how this archetype within you wants to express. So from an astrological point of view, that is soul wealth to me. It's expressing our beauty leveraging our beauty and wealth codes, understanding our shadow and bringing it integration and just being on our path, being on our unique path of growth and our unique soul assignments that we are here to do in this lifetime. And then in a non-astrology point of view, it is, in my opinion, it's cultivating a feeling of power in our body, being in touch with our life force energy and creating from a place of being a vessel for life force energy. And I believe that that creates material wealth in our lives as well. When we're showing up for our business, we're actually, you know, making offers and selling them and whatnot. Yeah. I live for that. I always say that I'm like, when you focus on being in service, abundance flows to you as a side effect, like stand in that fully. I love what you're saying there. It's such a testament to what you were saying at the beginning, you know, the holistic approach and really from everything that you were just saying that really just sounds like a full acceptance of self, like the integration of all the different pieces that allows you to show up fully. And I think that that is just so beautiful. It sort of leads perfectly into the next question that I have for you. You help people in terms of figuring out their purpose and it's something that people struggle with a lot. Like I have conversations about this all the time. I think sometimes it can be purpose. Sometimes it can be niche. Sometimes it can be just figuring out how to communicate a message or what it is that we're here to do. For those that are maybe struggling a little bit with figuring out what their purpose might be, what are some of the steps that you would suggest for them to get started? You know, my experience with working with people on their purpose is people from aspiring business owners who are like, I know I want to offer something, but I have no idea what it is, all the way to seven and eight figure entrepreneurs who are already successful in what they're doing, but they're wanting to feel a little bit more clicked in, in a fulfilling way so that they're like, oh yeah, that feeling of being on purpose. So one framework I want to offer is that our purpose is not a a modality. It's not a niche. And it's not even like, oh, I have to find that one thing that I love doing so much as we know for anyone who's into human design, that's just actually not the way for a lot of types. For me, I am an example of someone who, yeah, I do kind of do, do kind of just do my one thing in a way, but I'm a projector. I have a, my penetrating gaze goes on the thing that I'm looking at, but not all of us are built that way. And I believe purpose can be a feeling that we follow, that we cultivate in our body. And it's the feeling of being, in my opinion, present with what is and taking actions towards what it is we desire. So it's kind of like that quote, we don't need to seek love. We just have to remove the obstacles from love, not quoting that like perfectly correctly, but basically clearing the way through doing our shadow work, through doing our healing, through healing our nervous system, through healing trauma, we don't have to go seeking and looking for our purpose because it is already who we are. So doing the healing work, I would say would be the first step. And that was the first step for me. I could never have perceived where I am now. And I had, I had a lot of unhealed trauma that needed to be processed properly and emotions and rage and nervous system stuff that was really, really paramount. And without that, I would never, someone could have said, this is your purpose. You're going to do this. It's going to be called Oath Oracle, blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't have been able to receive that. So it's almost like focusing more on just the journey that you're on, what is alive for you in your path right now, what healing there can be and clearing the way for your purpose to just drop in. I love that so much rather than seeing it as like this end destination. It's like, 
how can you just be here and now and allow it, like literally yes. allow it to come in. So thank you for that. I think that's a beautiful perspective. And even, you know, to what you were saying before, the different types of human design, it's been a big thing for me. Like I always used to try and put as a reflect, we try to do the one thing we are not supposed to do, which is define yourself and put yourself in this one box. And I would do it over and over and over again. You know, it never sort of felt right. But for me, the biggest permission giving thing was just like understanding that there are just going to be beautiful different cycles and phases of my life. And I love that because as an entrepreneur, like I know, like I love what I do now and I see it for now in the foreseeable future as something that I'm so in and will continue to do. But I also have a lot of other ways in terms of building wealth, showing up, building businesses, other different ventures I want to be a part of. And for me, that's been very permission giving to just go as you are right now is beautiful, celebrate it, but don't feel like that has to be all that you are for the rest of eternity. And to add to that, I think for me, a really big thing was that I used to define myself by what I did in business was all that I was. Whereas now I see it as a facet of who I am and it's part of who I am, but it's not all that I am. And so that for me has felt amazing because it gives me full permission to step fully in and up as you know, my highest form of contribution to those that I serve, but to know that that doesn't define me forever. So I just love that you said that. So yeah, I just want to share my take on that as well. Thank you for sharing that. And I feel that reflectors are so, so, so special. And Ra himself, the channeler of the human design system has said that reflectors, when they're clear and they've done deconditioning work, are the most objective members of the human design types. And that I believe that Ra said that if he could choose a CEO of a business, it would be a reflector because a reflector is the the only one who can be truly objective when they've done their deconditioning work. And so when I even just look at you and the way you express yourself physically with beauty and aesthetics, it's like this silver pond that it becomes so still that it is reflecting the truth of what is happening. And that is highly, 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 highly valuable. And even when we think of your other placements in your chart as an Aquarius, just like me, we are actually here to embody radical self-acceptance and really Mm. like, you know, flying those freak flags and another branding code just for everyone listening That's a really, really accessible thing to do, even if you're really not comfortable with the astrology chart, is your rising sign. And your rising sign, Taylor, is Gemini. So you're literally beyond definition. Gemini is the twins. You know, Gemini is is the twins that are, it's duality. It's holding opposites. It's multiple truths. And when that's your rising sign, it's a branding code because that is the physical vehicle that your body has chosen in this incarnation. And all the placements in our chart are choice that are soul made. So we can just assume that it made that choice for a reason. So when you're a Gemini rising, you're here to be this breath of fresh air into situations. You're here to have conversations because Gemini is a communication sign. So having a podcast so on point yes. and you're just you're beyond definition. It's, it's the twins. It's, it's literally the sign of multiple truths and duality. So in every way, it's reflecting to you back the same thing of like, you're just beyond definition. <laughs> Oh my God. Thank you so much for what you said, fully receive. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Honestly, I remember I had Jill Winterstein from Spirit Daughter. She came onto the podcast and we were talking about my chart and not so much my chart, but more like my sun, my moon and my rising. And she was like, what's your rising? And I said, oh, Gemini. And I had started the conversation being like, I started a podcast because really I just love to chat. Like, you know, and I just thought, why don't I just take that conversation online? And she was like, you're doing the exact thing that you're supposed to be doing. (laughs) So I'm very grateful for my Gemini. Oh my God. So, so much good stuff. You talk about new paradigm business. So I do want to finish with this. You talk about celebrating lower wealth months. I saw that you did a live on that recently. I would love for you to touch on that. 
And also in terms of new paradigm business, you talk about how when you travel, when you rest, like that's your highest revenue months. And I guess we're speaking to revenue here in both ends of the spectrum. And I would love for you to speak on this. You are someone that charges so beautifully in your worth. And I love seeing that, especially I think that this is important for people to hear you know, spiritual, doing beautiful work, things like this. A lot of the time we can feel fear around charging high prices and things like that and standing in our worth. I love the way that you do it. I know that you are booked out months and months in advance. So it's so beautiful to see you receiving that compensation for what it is that you are putting out there. You talk a lot, like I said, around when you travel, when you're resting, you know, you're receiving the most money. Let's speak to that first, I think, in terms of like, you know, the why or the how behind that. I think a lot of the time it's spoken about on Instagram. We see it a lot. Like, you know, when I do nothing, I receive lots of money. And sometimes for people who aren't quite there yet, that can almost feel disempowering. Like, well, okay, I'll sit back and it's not happening for me. Like, so how do you allow that to happen in your business in terms of maybe the strategy that you've set up and how you've honored the astrology or your chart or things like that? And also, you know, the new paradigm, like you said, what that means for you and how you celebrate those lower revenue months as well. So I want to start by talking about the new paradigm, because I feel like that leads into the answers of the other questions. And just to kind of distill it, and I could talk about what that means to me for like hours and hours. I'm very, very talkative. So we're a great match. I love love being here with you, Taylor. It's so much fun. Um, So to me, if I could distill it down to like a, a few short sentences on what is new paradigm business, it is business which honors life force, because old paradigm business is exploitation of life force. So it's a assuming no one likes their job. We have to struggle and sacrifice to make money. I need to earn just being alive and just being able to eat and have a place to live. And this is the old paradigm. This is not the Aquarian way. This is not what is emerging in the age of Aquarius. So honoring life force as a first devotion instead of as a, okay, I'm going to work my body to the ground. And I lived this. So I dropped out of high school when I was 15. And that's when I started to financially support myself with multiple service industry jobs, working on my feet, wearing down my body with a fake smile on my face. Cause that's customer service, baby. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's just the way it is, but that is the old paradigm. So the new paradigm is when we work from home or wherever the fuck we want to work. We create from desire. We have the strategies that support us to take time off and really understanding that the double standard of, okay, I honor other people's energy, but my own energy can go to hell. Like, you know, my own energy doesn't matter. I can take that extra shift or I can work those extra hours and really starting to see that you and I, and everyone who's listening is sacred. Like this is sacred work, right? Like our life force energy, we are embodiments of spirit. We're embodiments of God. We're embodiments of sacred, holy energy. When we dishonor ourselves, when we cross our own boundaries, when we push too hard, when we put our health last, we are dishonoring what is sacred. So it's funny how we're okay with doing it to ourselves, but we probably wouldn't do that to someone else. So when we realize that that's what dishonoring my body is dishonoring mother nature. And there's so much, way too much violation, exploitation of mother nature that's been going on these past hundreds of years, I guess. Mm. So to me, that's new paradigm business. It's being in harmony with our bodies, each other, and with mother earth (laughs) and doing what we want to do. Because when we are doing what we are actually here and supposed to create and what is ours to create, like we said, prosperity is a natural byproduct of that. And that is a new way. And the more people that do it, it awakens even more people to do it It models it for younger generations. And it shows people a new way instead of being an education system that basically just teaches you how to be a good employee. There may be some private schools and some other like alternative educational institutions that teach leadership. But my experience and perspective of school is that it teaches you how to be an employee. 
So it's getting out of the employee mindset. And there's nothing wrong with not like, I don't think every single person should be an entrepreneur, but I do think it's very, very natural to be an entrepreneur. So it might seem like a new trend, but how was life before corporations? If you were amazing at baking, you just make your little bakey thing and sell it out your window. If if you love blacksmithing, you become a blacksmith. If you are really efficient with laundry, you're the laundry lady. It's like people were, and there's still places where this exists in Mexico. Someone can restaurant, they can be a restaurant. You open the door and it's like their house. You know, they just are like, yeah, I like making mole and this is what we do here. So it's actually very natural. It's not a new trend. And it's, so it's rediscovering this thing, which feels like the future, but it's also ancient of just doing what we want to do and getting paid for it. Why does that sound so impossible to us when we're not there? Because of conditioning that is intentional. <laughs> it's intentional. Yeah. So that's one wow. way. I was, I was like, this is going to be really short. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm here for the whole thing. I love that. <laughs> Wow. So then when it came to celebrating lower revenue months, that was just almost like my own inner journey where I had gone through because I had from my perspective, very fast success in business. I used to make 30,000 Canadian dollars a year. It's kind of similar to Australian dollar. That used to be what I made in a year. Then all of a sudden I'm making that in a month. Well, first calendar year of business, I uh, was making $18,000 months by, by the end of that. So that's faster, you know, 10K months happened within six months of starting my business. And so, and those, that's 10K US dollars. So now 30 to 58,000 US is normal in my business, but that is more than I used to make in entire years mm-hmm. for my whole life. So that was a really big shift for me. And I had my own levels of processing my discomfort with sharing that with my audience. I was scared of being judged for sharing my big number wins. I was scared of being judged for now talking about money and doing business and helping people make more money and being seen as superficial and being seen as greedy and things like that. I had these fears, my own personal trip on this. So through those pro- processing as I was on this ascension of my revenue, I had these realizations that, hey, I need to be a stand and show people what's possible because I wouldn't be here without knowing people and working with people who made that money every month. I'm not even joking. I used to think when people talked about 30K months, they were lying. I was like, they're lying to sell stuff. And I used to think that now I realized, no, they're not. They're not I, I, I doubt hardly anyone is actually lying because this is accessible. We are able to do this. And I do more than that now. I do that on my lowest months now. Yes. So that was something that I had my breakthroughs with. And I was like, you know what? I've never seen a brown woman, Pakistani woman like myself, do what she wants, make this money, be free and live this amazing life. So that was my inner trip. And I started to share my money wins for this reason. Then I had this burnout, this projector burnout. I canceled all my launches. I closed my membership, which had over 100 people and nothing took the place of these things that I canceled because I was really burnt out. And then all of a sudden, as I said, I dropped out of school at 15, grew up in poverty, right? So I had some root chakra healing to do. I didn't feel secure all of a sudden, not having this huge amount of revenue. And my revenue was still pretty good, but I realized my shame and how I was avoiding talking about it. But if I was talking about those higher numbers before, because, Hey, this is just what's happening. I want to be transparent about what is happening. But if I'm only sharing the higher numbers, then I'm sharing an imbalanced image of what is happening in the reality of entrepreneurship. And then I would be perpetuating a culture of always more, always better all the time, never Mm -hmm. ebbing and flowing. And I realized that's not in alignment with my values. So I actually shared it more for myself and my own personal growth of my discomfort with that. And then also representation purposes. Thank you so much for sharing that with us now. And also for speaking about it on your platform, because This is very important to me. I talk to my clients about it a lot. That kind of like more, 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 
more, more, like a double more revenue, triple more revenue, month on month on month. And that can start to perpetuate a cycle of not enoughness in those, you know, whether you're the one doing it or whether you're the one watching it. And then you're just kind of like comparing yourself to that. So I so appreciate you for the transparency and for sharing, you know, the other side of things that goes on. And, you know, there's so many beautiful wins and so much to celebrate, but there are a lot of challenges that come along the way and a lot of mm-hmm. obstacles to overcome. And sometimes we have to come up against big things that we thought we'd sort of left behind and then they can resurface. And that's what we have to work through to get to those new levels. So I appreciate you being honest and sharing that part of your journey. Thank you from myself and for those that I know that that will serve so much. So yeah, really appreciate that. <sighs> Let's wrap it up. I could keep asking you questions for hours and hours beyond, but appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on. I know that there's going to be so many people who are going to want to connect with you beyond this. So please let them know where they can find you. If there's resources that they can get from you, all of the things, the floor is yours. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me and having this conversation. I love your energy. And like, I feel like our chemistry of just like talking, we could literally like talk all night and just like (laughs) giggle and laugh all night. So this has been so fun for me. Thank you so much. For anyone who wants to stay in touch with me, follow me on Instagram at oath.oracle. And that's really where I am the most active. I create horoscopes at the new and full moon, which really have so much love in them. So I invite you to come check me out on there. I have a variety of things you can explore from free Instagram lives to products like my North Node of Future Destiny class, my Lilith class, Chiron Alchemy of the Wounded Healer, plus my Astrology for Business program, Cosmic Success Code. So I'd actually love to offer your audience a discount code that if they want to use the code sacred work, they can have 10% off anything in any of these realms. So anything on my online shop from those masterclasses, my mystic business bundle, and something else that might be really yummy for your audience is astrology for business for your big three. So it's the sun, moon and rising for business. So that's a really great place to start. It's very like accessible and it's a, it's just a great place to start your journey. And I also have a free astrology guide. So I created this guide to be what I wish that I had, which is a just fast resource that you continue to use when you're working with your own chart. So it's to support you in working with your own chart. So say that you are like, oh, branding codes for my rising sign. And you can either join astrology for business, the big three, or you can just use this guide and play around with connecting the dots yourself, because that journey of connecting the dots ourselves is really how I learned astrology. So that's, I think, I think that's it. And I just, I love connecting with you guys on Instagram. So thank you so much. Thank you. Beautiful. We'll link all of that in the show notes below. Make sure you use that discount code. Go and check out all of her amazing programs. Definitely check her out on Instagram. I love every time I see your posts and your stories, like there's so much juicy value in there and it's always so on point. So yeah, definitely go check out all the things. We'll link it below. So it's nice and easy. My love, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate your light so much. Appreciate your sacred work and we'll speak with you soon. Thanks so much for listening, beauty. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. For more resources to support your expansion as you manifest your desires, make sure you check out my website at www.taylorray.com.au. I'm sending you all the love and I'll see you back here soon.